Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shana. We are so grateful to be here recording today, just us two. We wanted to check in and do a really human design themed episode for you all um, because there's been kind of some themes that have come in been coming into our field lately, and we wanted to address them in this episode. But today we are recording on a Friday, so a Venus day, which we always kind of take it nice and slow and easy on our Fridays and try to really create space to honor the beauty in our lives and the things that we really value. Um, So yeah, we're just here. I'm sipping on some tea and have my crystals out, and I'm super excited to be able to dive into this combo with you all. Yes, it feels so good to be back. And um, we've been recording a lot of podcasts lately on other people's podcasts. And it feels really good to get to just come and talk on here. And honestly, it feels like we are connecting with you when we're in this space. So it just feels really good. And we are in Mercury shadow right now and we're feeling it. I'm sure I've heard a lot of people are feeling it. Um, And for me, I was born in Mercury retrograde. So it, when it's actually retrograde, it feels really good for me. And now that I know that it, you know, I used to be kind of um, thinking like what's what's going to happen. Nothing's really happening. I actually feel pretty good. And um, anyways, but the shadow is always a little bit struggle bus. <laughs> so moving slow this morning, yesterday we tried to record this and literally our software just shut down and stopped us like 15 minutes in. So this is take two, but feels <laughs> so good. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And also we just had the eclipse last week and it's so interesting. I really feel like when an eclipse happens, my body really, really, really responds. Like my, especially my moon cycle um, in the menstruation part of my cycle, it always aligns when there's an eclipse. And my body is telling me like, take it slow, rest, go in inside and just be gentle with yourself, be easy with yourself. So my body almost like 
forces me to align with kind of this time for pause, this time for reflection, this time to slow down a bit. And it's so funny how all of the different things in our life can be like, you know, you try to push past your body telling you to rest and you do it anyways, but then your technology shuts down. It's like, oh, here's another message that I'm really meant to listen to. It's kind of like all different aspects of your life are trying to communicate to you, your own body, your own technology. And I swear technology is like that. Like it has a mind of its own, a consciousness of its own. And we really have to treat it like that. Like we have to give it respect and kindness and patience and also just kind of go with the flow of what technology is wanting to kind of express through us or communicate through us. I really genuinely believe in that. Yeah, me too. I always take it as a sign like, oh, Wi-Fi is not working, not meant to be. Yeah. Um, And just kind of, but I mean, honestly, we really set ourselves up to have a, a work life environment that is supportive of our strategy and authority and is supportive of listening to our bodies. I mean, our plan this morning even as an example, was to record first thing in the morning so that way we have the full day to do whatever we want. And I last night just felt I need to not set an alarm and I need to just rest and be easy on myself. And it just felt so good to do that. And, um, you know, you were talking about on someone else's podcast this week about those little moments, how that feels like success, that self theme of success as a projector of um, getting to choose and getting to give yourself that permission to rest and go easy on yourself. So it just feels, yeah, even though there's nothing externally that's screaming success, success internally, I just feel like I had a successful day already, even though I literally haven't done shit today. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Except for drink some cacao and like do my tapping and meditating outside. Like yeah. I fed my dogs and I was pretty like, damn, okay, if I did nothing else today, <laughs> <laughs> I fed my dogs. <laughs> I meditated, yeah. doing yeah. pretty good. That spaciousness is really something to celebrate. And I think it's so important because as you grow and evolve, I think we've just really been taught in our conditioning to take things for granted. And, you know, something new and exciting, we have this spaciousness in our life, but then we just kind of get used to it. And we stop celebrating those moments where we get to just go outside and drink cacao and stand in the sun and listen to the birds. Like those moments seem like they should be, I put in quotes, um, like your birthright and they are. But creating that space in your life to actually have that is something that we need to celebrate. Like that is, in my opinion, success. So it really is like the frame in which you're looking at something, the lens in which you're looking at something and seeing that um, freedom to be like, you know what? I feel like sleeping in today. Like seeing that as a huge celebration in your life. I think that that's important because so many people are just used to being on someone else's schedule all the time and not being able to create that freedom and spaciousness in your life. Like it really is such a privilege and such a a special thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we have had such productive weeks and days, um, especially the last few months where we have just been, um, doing so many different things and every single day feels really full, but at the same time, um, I feel like we've really worked in at the start of our week and the end of our week, this just time for either productivity if we want that or not at all. And like literally 
feeling in your body, that tightness. I mean, I felt that last night when I texted you in my body, this tightness of I should wake up early and like just get it done with and just like, you know, start the day off early and feeling that in my body, recognizing what that feels like energetically and then choosing to release it. And then even, you know, today when I slept in and woke up and and feeling that guilt wanting to creep in of I could do this, I could do that and choosing to um, really release that energetic tightness and hold myself accountable to the things that we, you know, teach and talk about and preach, like really practicing it in our day-to-day life, I think is so, it's just so important to me, but it's actually doing it, right? So I know that this is, wow, seven minutes talking about <laughs> our mornings, <laughs> but it's all those small moments. And I know we've said that a lot, but it really is. Those are the things that um, that change your life. So Anyways, I'm feeling like things are getting faster and faster and faster with this new paradigm approaching, with more people finding human design, with more people um, learning about their design and communicating about their designer or human design in general. I feel like we are just all speeding up as a collective. Um, and I'm just kind of writing it like, okay, we're going light speed as a society and um we don't know where we're going but we're going there fast so <laughs> yeah it feels um it can feel overwhelming but on the other side it can feel when you surrender to it just like okay take the wheel and we'll just we're here yeah it's so funny i was listening to this terence mckenna um like audio tape the other day and he was talking about how in one year more stuff is happening than what used to happen in 10,000 years on planet earth, like more evolution, more change. So we truly are like speeding up on this, you know, record speed of just changing and evolving. And sometimes it can feel a bit like in that go, go, go and expansion and evolution. Like, is there still time for me to just sit back and enjoy my life and sit back and enjoy the sunshine and my animals, like those simple pleasures. And I think that making time and space for that and not getting like caught up in the momentum, but creating these moments of stillness of infinite pause within that expansion, I think just feels really good and grounding. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, Okay. So this topic we wanted to talk about because we've been having a lot of conversations with many different people and people who know a lot about human design, even, um, And we want to kind of, you know, talk about what happens if you don't like your design. And I feel like that's really common experience, especially initially hearing about human design. So I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah. In particular. Even we've met people that, you know, they've been studying human design now for like five years or 10 years. And there's still parts of their design that they kind of jokingly say, I hate this part of my design or like, I don't claim that part of my design. And, um, it's important for us that everyone is living their own journey and is allowed to have their own unfolding, allowed to have their own healing, allowed to have their own perspective. But we have also found in our own experience that if there is a part of your design that 
is difficult for you to embrace and you still feel like it's a part of your design that's bad or unfavorable or that you wish you didn't have, we think that that is a beautiful opportunity for you to kind of dive in there and further your deconditioning journey further your healing process, right? So it actually can be a beautiful signpost. If you have something in your design that you still kind of feel, even on a more unconscious level, you feel like, geez, I wish I didn't have this. I wish I wasn't a projector. I wish I didn't have this channel. If you have that signpost, um, what an amazing and beautiful opportunity to get curious, to look at it more deeply and to really see why are you having this resistance? Is there a lack of understanding? Have you been fed information that is disempowering in some way or some form of misinformation? And what is the journey that we can all go on to start really embracing every aspect of our design? And why is that important? So that's what we want to talk about in this episode. Yes, it's really important to us to teach human design in a way that is empowering and um, is liberating where you can understand the lowest expression and the highest expression and um everything in human design it has a low expression a high expression but also has an inward expression how you work with it within yourself and an outward expression how you give this gift out into the world and to the people around you so understanding all of these like four different sides of the gifts that you have or um the qualities within your own energetic body is powerful. And there's nothing in your chart that is good or bad. There's nothing that is better or worse. Um, It all just is. And we were designed to be empathetic and to condition each other. So the places where you have openness, you were designed to have openness in that way and to gather wisdom and to gather, yes, sometimes conditioning and to have that be a part of your journey. So that way you can better use the gifts that you have consistently. And also with the gifts that you have consistently, you were designed to uh, navigate the lowest expression to the highest expression at times. And so it's really important to us that we talk about all of those things and empower you because human design really was created for more self-love, more self-acceptance. And that's truly what we believe. And of course, you know, Ra Ruhu, who we love, we thank, we're so grateful for, he was here to be shocking. And he translated this, this information into language that could shock and um, propel your deconditioning process. Um, So there's a lot of things that I think are online or that you might read or you might learn even from like an older human design, um, very technical guide, if you will. And um, it can be limiting when we hold on to an outside authority and outside languaging that maybe is a little bit not the most um, helpful in embodying our highest expression. So there's a lot of different nuances within this human design world. And we are not saying one is better or worse. We are um, really open and excited to learn from the many different people, the many different uh, designs that we all, that you 
the people have. Transmitting, translating, communicating, sharing, teaching the system. Um, but we do want to really say there's nothing in your chart that is bad or good. It all just is to help you experience your highest expression and use your gifts, live your life purpose in this lifetime. Yeah. And I think when we have a very powerful tool, a very sharp tool, that tool it can do so much, right? For good or for bad. So it's really, really important that we have a pure intention behind these very sharp tools. Think about a very sharp knife, right? It can cut through anything. What an amazing tool. Or if you're holding it wrong, you have the wrong intention, you can hurt yourself with it. And I think that any tool, any modality, any system, it's so important that you are coming with the the most helpful intention. And so for us with human design, really that core intention is self-love. It's self-acceptance. And when you have true self-love, you are then able to extend that love and acceptance out to other people. So for us, that is always the most powerful intention behind human design is how can I use this as a tool to understand myself, to accept myself, to love myself so that I can show up in the greatest service, in the greatest heart-centered, love-centered service to others. So if there is a place in your design that you are not embracing, that you're not accepting in yourself, you're really not getting to the core intention of what in our opinion, this system is really for, right? If you see something that is um, in someone else's design that you're really judging, right? You're labeling them and you're calling it good or bad or in your mind, even if you're kind of joking, saying like, I would never want to be a partner in a partnership with someone who has this quality in their design, um, really ask yourself, is that causing you your not self-theme? right? Are you feeling frustration or bitterness or anger when you're saying that thing? Um, And get curious, like only you can really feel if that's true for yourself. Of course, you're allowed to have preferences, but if you can feel that it is putting you in your not self to have that judgment for someone else, a lack of acceptance for someone else, it's always going to be a reflection for a place where you have a lack of acceptance in your own design, in your own life. And, you know, just starting to ask questions about what does this serve me? And am I using this very sharp tool to judge people and create a lack of love and acceptance? Or am I using this tool to always point me in that direction of love and acceptance? So um, it's just knowing that when you hold on to resistance around your design or someone else's design and a lack of acceptance, it really in the end is holding you back from your own highest alignment. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, going back to some of the basics that we see a lot, I mean, even if we just look at astrology, it's so common to say, you know, I'm never going to date a Gemini again, or I'm never going to be with a Pisces, or I don't like my, I almost called it type. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like my sign. And, um, you know, I I even said that about Brian. Um, before I met him, I literally said, I'm never dating a Gemini again. Like, F Gemini men. And then I met Brian. And two weeks later, I'm like, what's your birth time? And he, I found out he was a Gemini. And of course, I love Brian. I'm obsessed with him. I think he's amazing. And so it's really knowing that the limits that you put on other people it's always going to be limits on yourself. And um, so I do want to say, you know, with 
human design, a lot of the times we see projectors finding out their projectors and feeling that bitterness of, I don't want to have to wait for the invitation. Um, and, or we see manifestors feeling like F that don't tell me who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in that very broad place with your type, if there's something that you don't like within your design, like, like your type, something so big, a lot of the times it's either you don't have enough information on it because hearing wait for the invitation, it sounds really limiting, really disempowering. If that's all you heard about your projector, so you have to wait for the invitation, you'd be like, no, I don't subscribe to that. (laughs) Exactly. And we've talked about waiting for the invitation, what that really means a lot on this podcast. So we're not going to get into all the nuances here because honestly, I feel like we could talk about that for days. Um, And I'm excited too, because I know we will. (laughs) Um, But really, if you're feeling that, you you do, you need more information. Um, and everything in your chart is, there is a way for it to be empowering. Absolutely. So a lot of times people will read something online that sounds really negative. Like you have the, um, the gate of crisis or you have the gate of shock and really, or you have an undefined throat. So you're never going to be able to speak your truth. And there's so much, even within the textbook for human design, that sounds really negative and limiting. And it's so important that you are getting information that is empowering you because mm-hmm. having an undefined throat is so amazing. Having the gate of shock is amazing. Having the gate of crisis is amazing. And um, I don't know, I just feel so passionately about get the information. And yeah. then if it's still feeling like it doesn't resonate, we have some other tips that we'd recommend. Yeah. And with that, getting the full information, like seeing the full picture of why, right, I think is so crucial. So when we're teaching people about the types, like specifically teaching other human design readers in our course, et cetera, I think it's always so important to say, you're a manifester, you have this aura, and then you have this strategy. And here's why, here's the rest of the information. Like understanding how your aura works is really going to help you understand why your strategy is important and why your aura is really here to help you create boundaries, to help you utilize your energy correctly without wasting energy. So when you get the full spectrum of the information, you start to see that no matter what your type is, no matter how your aura works, no matter what your strategy is, it's all here to help you. It's not like a punishment or a burden or a task that you're taking, having to take on. The more information you get about it, the more it really helps you um, get behind understanding why, right? When we have that core why, it makes it so much easier to embrace. And also, I think that it's really helpful to always be able to look at why your soul chose your design. So there is nothing in your design that is random. Your design didn't happen to you, right? Your soul, your highest self, spirit energy, whatever you really connect with, um, chose your design for you to gift you the help that you need to live out the experience that you're here to live. So there is nothing in your design that is by mistake. There's nothing in your design that's a flaw. It is all perfectly designed to help you 
live exactly as you're meant to. You know, for example, if you're a projector, but you have this mission to, you know, create a product and be a creator, your soul chose to be a projector with this limited amount of consistent energy, even in creating this thing for a reason, because it really is going to help you live out that thing. So in order to really connect with the fact that you have this perfect design, your soul chose every single piece of it because it thought it was the best possible experience for you to really help you live out your truth. Um, To connect with that, we really like to encourage people to just do a meditation where you sit in silence and you feel through the portal of your G center, through your physical heart space, feel your higher self, feel your soul, feel the universe source energy and feel that entity or spirit or consciousness choosing your path, choosing your design and loving every single piece of it and really seeing every single part of your design as a gift. And the more that you can kind of feel that frequency of creating your design with love and um, excitement for what you can create having that design, the more you connect with that, I think on an energetic level, the easier it is to ground that down into your human experience and kind of train your mind to sit back a little bit in that surrender and trust and even gratitude for the fact that you have the design that you have. Yes. And, um, Really knowing that another thing, if you're feeling like you don't connect with your design or you don't like something in your design is knowing that you might not have the whole picture of your design and understanding your design. Um, You know, someone might look at your chart and say, oh, you're like this, or this is, you know, whatever, this is your tendency. And you might feel instantly you're not self. Or you might feel like, no, that doesn't quite sit right. And that's because maybe you have other parts of your design that are not being taken into account. So everything in your design comes together to create your energy. You're not just a projector and that's all you need to know. Um, So I'm not saying that you have to understand every single aspect of your design to love your full self. Um, When you are feeling that, not self or that resistance to your design, the only thing that you need to do is lean into your strategy and authority and really get clear on what that means, what that feels like in your body. Use your authority every single day with small things, with medium things. And the more that you start practicing that, the more everything else that you learn in your design is going to be fine-tuned, if you will, um, where Maybe it sits right, maybe it doesn't, and you're going to fine tune and kind of figure out, oh, actually, this is how it feels in my body and how it presents in my life. And then, of course, if there is that not self still of like, F that, no, I'm not that, then it's really looking at, okay, why? Why do you feel that? Do you have conditioning that's maybe telling you that that's bad or that that's good? Or do you maybe have stories telling you that um, you've always been this person or you've always done it this way? Um, And really seeing where you can release that identifying with something that maybe you're not. And the fastest way, once again, that you're going to decondition is strategy and authority. Always, always, always. So it's... always going to be this balance of 
I want more information. And then something feels resonant, something it doesn't. Let me lean into my strategy and authority more and let me release any stories that might be holding me back. And then let me get more information and keep going through. And you're the only person who's going to know if you're experiencing your not self um, Mm -hmm. internally. And other people might see that in you, but it's not going to change your life if you aren't the one feeling it, observing it, choosing to release it and leaning into your truth, which is always going to be your strategy and authority. Yeah, that's so true. And such a good point. Like, I think a really calm, like a good example of this in your chart, let's say you have gate 15, which is the gate of extremes. And you're someone who's really designed to have these extremes in the way that you move through your day-to-day life. For example, you might be, be just kind of in the flow of waking up super, super early, um, for a month. And then the next month you're wanting to really sleep in, or my husband has this gate, for example, and he'll be really, really, really into this super hardcore workout. And then he'll just be totally over it and not work out at all. Um, so you're someone who's designed to swing into these extremes and it's super important for you to have full, total, complete acceptance of these extremes within you, because that puts you into the highest expression of really being a teacher of these acceptance of diversity in kind of a greater, more metaphorical sense. So if someone has gate 15 and that's all they hear about their design is that they have these extremes that might really kind of rub them the wrong way. If they have other things in their chart that are countering or um, kind of polarizing, for example, you could have gate 15 and then your variable arrows could have all of this focused, left-facing specific routines, um, very disciplined energy. And you can say like, I'm not all over the place. I'm disciplined and I have these consistent routines. So you have to really look at the full picture of how these things are coming together first of all. And second of all, uh, that conditioning piece, right? The stories that we're told about being um, all over the place and not being consistent. We are so deeply taught to believe that being consistent and being disciplined is the only way to be successful. So there's so many different things to check in with. I love what you said, Jaina, about it being kind of like a journey, different places that you can check in with, different places you can come back to. And as far as this conditioning piece and the stories that we tell ourselves, I think it's hilarious because these stories don't care. They play both sides of the fence. So for example, with having like a defined mind or an undefined mind, like Shane and I, for example, I have a defined mind and she has an undefined mind. There can be a story either way about which one is better or worse. You know, you could hear people say about my design, like, oh, you have a closed mind. You're closed-minded and Shane is open-minded. So being open-minded is obviously better, right? It's more diplomatic. Um, she can see more perspectives, like people are going to like her more. So I could hold on to that story that me being closed minded and Shayna being open minded, um, that there is this kind of better or worse energy. And I could compare myself to her and wish that I was open minded and forgo really developing my own perspective and opinions because I'm trying to be open-minded like Shayna. And that would only add to not self misalignment, right? Bitterness for me. And the story on the opposite side of the fence can also be true, right? People, Shayna could really feel like it's better to 
be consistent about what she believes in and what she sees and what her perspective is and to really, uh, it's so important and valuable valuable to be sure about how you see something and to be um, very concrete in what you think about the world or what you think about something and that it's negative to be always changing your mind. And so either side, there is a story to reinforce um, this judgment that you can have upon your design because of that conditioning. So it's so important to know that those stories are just coming from different perspectives and they really are in the end untrue. And it really is totally beautiful and neutral to be either one of these things, right? They're not in comparison. So it's so important to check in and say, which one of those stories have I been subscribing to, if any, and to see how you could play either side of the fence on which is better or worse, because the highest truth is they are both beautiful and we need both to really have a grounded and full um, contribution of everyone that's coming together. Yes, I love that example so much because with this divine mind, you know, you're here to be a thought leader and to be honing that perspective. And we're really taught you know, in our conditioning that being a thought leader is um, valuable and that you should be have a, you know, very consistent perspective. And then on the opposite side, we're really taught that you should be open minded um, and take into account every every perspective and put yourself in other people's shoes um, and that that's a really valuable asset or attribute, I should say. So it, that's such a great example. And, you know, reclaiming I'm really into reclaiming limiting words and um, words that maybe have held us down. Like in this example, I would definitely say like, I'm a thought leader, but my thoughts just change all the time. Yeah. And that's true. That is my truth. Um, and I don't feel any judgment of on myself because I completely own that. And, um, but it could be very tempting to not. So I'm into reclaiming all of that shit. Like I'm yeah. into how Lizzo really helped us as a society claim back the word bitch. Yeah. I'm into that, you know, like I'm a hundred percent that bitch. And like, I, I love saying dive in bitches. I love like saying like, oh my gosh, I love you bitches. Like I'm into the word bitch. And I got called out recently. <laughs> Somebody saying that they really don't like the word bitch is really triggering for them. And I was like, really? I think that it's like, you know, I, I want to reclaim that. I want to take it back and like make it something that's empowering. And um, she was like, yeah, not for me. Like it's just really triggering. And so it's so interesting how we can, you know, be triggered by things and um, and that is our truth, right? Mm -hmm. That is something that is very valid and real. And then we go on the path of, of reclaiming. So in my like quantum healing world, um, I am using words to help me kind of quantum heal my triggers. So anytime that I notice that I'm triggered by anything, like the other day on a podcast, somebody said I had trophy wife energy based off of one of the gates in my chart. And I instantly felt triggered by that comment. And then I just immediately said like, okay, I'll, I'm going to take that. Like I, I love trophy wife energy for myself. Like I'm the trophy wife of my own life and I love that bitch and she's <laughs> gorgeous and amazing. And I want to show her off to every single person. And I am reclaiming trophy wife energy in my life as a positive thing. And I'm owning that shit. And so 
anytime that something like that pops up where it's a negative connotation, I am choosing to reclaim it as something that is empowering for myself and then just owning that shit. So I feel like that helps me specifically, and I'm, you know, maybe it might help you to quantum heal your triggers and same thing with anything in your human design chart, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, if I am here to, you know, wait for the invitation, how can I make that empowering? How can I claim that as like, yeah, I wait for the invitation Mm -hmm. and I focus on myself and I give myself my insight and my recognition and I get clear on what's fascinating to me and everyone else gets to, um, have my insight and wisdom when it is aligned. And I feel that it's aligned, that kind of hard to get kind of energy. I'm claiming that. Um, and I'm reframing it as something positive. So I'm into the reframe. I'm doing a little dance, but you guys can't see (laughs) (laughs) because it just feels good. Like life is meant to feel good and all of the negative shit. Like, of course there's dark stuff that we're here to move through. And um, you know, navigate in life and there's going to be challenges always, but how can you in this moment, when you feel that energetically, once again, choose to raise your vibration there. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to solve all your problems tomorrow at all. Um, but it's, it's energy. Everything is energy and kind of just being in that zone of, okay, if everything's energy, how can I just make a subtle shift to a higher frequency or cleaner frequency within my own body, that's kind of, I think, where the the magic happens with deconditioning in general. Yeah, that's a really uh, gate 43 inside of you, I feel, to share, (laughs) Um, as as per usual. And I love it. It's really interesting to think about because on one hand, I do believe that words carry so much power and meaning. Like, I do believe that words can be a whole frequency in just one word. And so on one hand, like choosing your words carefully or wisely or being a wordsmith, you really are painting a canvas with the frequency of those words. On one hand, I definitely believe that. On the other hand, it's like words are constantly shifting. Like literally new words are being added to our dictionary all the time and old words are becoming um, completely unused, right? So the meaning behind a word, the frequency behind a word um, really is so uh, subjective, right? And it's always shifting, it's always changing. And we as human beings um, are alchemists, right? What you're talking about, Shana, is truly alchemy. You yeah. instantly shifting the meaning behind something or even your perspective on the meaning behind something in a quantum moment. And we have that power as well. And once again, the intention behind something is so crucial. I believe that the intention behind a word said also contributes to the frequency of that word. So absolutely, there's so many words in human design that are weird and triggering. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> um, we've had this conversation this whole podcast episode, but there are so many words that are triggering. And on one hand, those words are these keynotes that are meant to carry a triggering frequency, a frequency that perks you up, that stops you in your tracks, that gets you curious, that that uh, is meant to be this catalyst that want that makes you want to reflect upon that thing and dive deeper into that thing. And also, a lot of these words um, in human design languaging, it's one word that 
describes an entire perspective, right? It describes an entire process. It describes an entire plane of reality in this one word. So how can one word accurately be this translation of an entire field of existence, right? So it's up to us to be translators of human design and to flesh out those one words and describe in a deeper way what the meaning behind it is. And it's also up to us as individuals to take those words that trigger us and to get curious about why, to dive into our experience. What do we have associated with that word? What is the conditioning or stories that we um, believe in or have identified with? And as alchemists that we are, if there's a word that's triggering us in a way that we feel like is holding us back or, um, you know, creating not self in our lives, what empowerment do we have on our own plane to go on an explorative journey with that one word? So there's kind of, there's so much there to unpack. And I can see um, both sides of, of the meaning that words carry and the frequency that words carry. Yeah. And, you know, with words always shifting and changing, like you said, with new words coming in and old words becoming completely unacceptable to society or um, because of the intention behind words, um, I think it's really important because when you take back a word and you can look at any group, um, uh, you know, even in the LGBTQ community, you know, taking back a word and then using that to be empowering, it then now has a different meaning and it gives another sense of power. And then it becomes a word that is unacceptable or when it has the intention behind it it, in the negative way, it's not acceptable and it's a word that goes out. So it's this alchemy journey with words and with human design, you know, we've read a lot about how these words, these keynotes were translated for a reason and to be this catalyst in your life. However, and yes, we agree with that. However, that alchemy that happens, if we don't allow that alchemy to happen by all of the many, many, many different designs that are coming in and now connecting with this information, then we are limiting our our growth. We are limiting the alchemy that can happen within our own lives. We're limiting our deconditioning process and we're actually giving our authority away to someone else, to saying, this is above me, this translation is my outside power and I must submit to that whatever way of teaching or way of learning or way of of communicating. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's so important to realize that, you know, there's billions of people on the planet. And the reason why this new paradigm is happening is because of all of the the many, many people who are born and our population growing and many different designs. If you can think of our collective as this big organism and we all have a part to play, we all have these different designs. We're kind of this giant puzzle that the more pieces are added, we have a clearer picture and we're all doing different things to where we're now ushering in this new paradigm. And that I love the word alchemy. I feel like I haven't said it in a million years now. I've probably said it like 10 times. It's a theme (laughs) this week. Um, But this alchemy is bringing forth this new paradigm. So within human design, within the limits that might be there, if you're ever feeling limited, it's always going to come down to, I think we can kind of solidify, do you have enough more 
do you have enough information on it? Um, are you actually using your strategy and authority? Mm-hmm. And can you lean in there more? Do you have the full understanding of your design? And if you are feeling that bitterness or that not self with that thing, why? And yeah. um, what what is what conditioning do you maybe have there to work through? And how can you release that resistance and take it back and own it? And connecting with your highest self to yeah. really get clear on why you chose this and owning yourself, that theme of owning yourself, I think is just so important. It is becoming your own authority, but this is part of it of like owning the fact that you chose your design and sitting in that ownership of self and like love loving the fact that you own yourself, um, I think is so important. And with the words that feel limiting, owning them, alchemizing them and turning them into something that you now take ownership of versus feeling trapped or um, weighed down by. Yeah. And for sure, uh, seeing why my soul chose different aspects of my design that have been maybe more challenging for me has just been so transformational, like to really um, practice feeling like this is why I have this from the highest perspective. Um, It's such a beautiful journey to go on. And so we really want to leave you with this invitation um, to take out your own chart and to look at it because I know that all of us on this journey don't do that enough. We are looking at everyone else's charts. We want to know the new people in our life. We want to know what their design is. If someone, one of our friends is dating a new guy, we want to know their design. Like that's often where we get excited, but I encourage you and I invite you to take out your own chart and to really look at it and to say, is there anything in here that I'm seeing that I do have this resistance to still? Is there anything in my chart that I wish I could change? And look at those things, right? Go through these different um, perspective shifts, way, like ways that you can look at it in a new way and allow yourself to explore in that journey. And also I encourage you to look at your chart and look, what are the things right away that I just absolutely love about my chart? I love this quality in myself. I celebrate it. I'm so grateful that I have it. And none of us are perfect, right? We're always going to have things that pop back in, new conditionings that are revealed to us in a new part of life that we weren't aware of in that same way before. So it's not like we just come into alignment and come into self-love and we stay there forever at all. It's always a journey for all of us because we're always evolving. Life is always evolving around us. So it is something to come back home to, you know, in this moment right now, is there anything in my chart that I want to kind of work on accepting more deeply, embracing more deeply. And in this moment right now, how can I celebrate myself as much as I can? That really is the goal. Self-celebration, right? Really seeing all the places where you are so perfectly designed to do what you came here to do. And the more that we can do that journey internally, the more we get to all be beacons of love, beacons of acceptance. And that form of acceptance for other people that are different than us is, I am going to go ahead and say the most important thing that we can all hone right now, but it starts with your own journey, right? Because as we are evolving, we're growing more and more into this one collective community instead of just the community of people in my town that I'm in conversation with, or the community of people in my country that I'm seeing on the news. We have these, you know, the internet and our phones and computers and podcasts and all of these technologies that are connecting us 
more and more deeply and intrinsically with the entire planet. So honing this level of acceptance for diversity is crucial, right? So this journey of looking at your own design and saying really authentically, do I accept my full self? Do I love my full self? This is a radical act of love and service that you can give to the world around you. So I really encourage you to just play with that, to sit with that, um, to ask yourself these questions. Yes. So we love you all. We love all your diverse designs. We love hearing your perspectives. We love connecting with your wisdom. So um, don't ever hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram at DayLuna, on our website, daylunalife.com. And we are sending you so much love and expansion into this Mercury retrograde, ground down into your strategy and authority really tap into your body, cut yourself some major slack, and just be the creative divine vessel that you are because that is what we're all needing. Take up that space. It's time. I'm excited. We love you. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.